It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Welcome once again to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the General Manager and President of KAAM Radio, and I'm sitting with my partner, my co-host, my attorney, my good friend, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Yourself? Doing great. Doing I'm great. Glad to, glad to hear it. I uh, got ready for a, a long weekend to be coming uh, soon yes. uh, for the... Uh, yeah, for our holiday that's coming yes. up. Yes, which so, then means uh, falls around the corner, and hopefully we can, instead of fall back, we can fall forward and make some more progress with uh, getting back to normalcy. I hope so. It seems like the numbers have been going down, so yeah, uh, hopefully news. that continues. Yeah, I agree. Well, today um, we want to touch on a very sensitive subject that um, a lot of people don't like to talk about, uh, because it's usually nothing but pain and suffering. Um, but sometimes there are individuals that have to resort to that thing called divorce. Um, but there are a lot of times when people don't think about divorce when they're estate planning, and you wanted to address that today. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, of course, as you said, divorce uh, is a typically a long, expensive, and stressful ordeal, and so they don't really want to have pay attention to the complications and financial arrangements and more professional fees for doing estate planning after a divorce. And we have the other problem, if you try to change things during the divorce process, that you have Texas being a community property state, that you can't just change things uh, and say, oh, yeah, I got it where it's all going to uh, the children or somebody else other than the spouse. It could be... Unless there's a pre- or post-nuptial agreement, uh, which most people don't have, uh, then you can't make those changes. And in some states, there's what's called elective shares. Remember we talked a few weeks ago about James Brown and how the wife, uh, who he didn't name in his will, uh, wanted to claim a what's called elective share where you get a certain percentage no matter what. So, uh, so there are these different issues that come up. Uh, that you can't do even during the divorce that you may have to deal with after the divorce. So, um, uh, and now some states like Texas um, have a provision that if you're divorced, you're cut out as a matter of law. But you don't really want to rely upon that because uh, you still want to make your changes because uh, that doesn't mean that there won't be other issues. And uh, so, for example... Uh, let's say you named your spouse as uh, an executor. Well, that just because she's cut out as a matter of law or he's cut out as a matter of law, that doesn't mean that the other positions might not have to be addressed. Uh, so, uh, you know, it also it could be that a lot of times when you do your estate planning, you know, if you're married, you think of things as a couple and how you may want things to go. 
But if you were single sometimes, you may want things differently than what y'all had talked about as a couple. Uh, so it could be it could be any number of things. It could be you want something to go to somebody in particular, a specific request, or you want um, this person to have more because they have more of a need. Maybe they're disabled and they might, instead of having it going equally, maybe uh, it goes to the children in a different way. Uh, there could be other t- laws that, of course, have changed. Remember, we've talked about uh, on earlier shows about how the tax laws changed uh, regarding retirement accounts. And uh, uh, so there's the issue with retirement accounts. Sometimes we use the fact if somebody's disabled because you could still do a stretch. Uh, so things could have changed. The laws could change. And, of course, we anticipate the laws that we said numerous times on in recent weeks, uh, how we anticipate the laws, no matter who's elected, uh, to change again just because of all what we've been quite frankly, doling out because of the COVID-19. So, um, and even if we had, uh, let's say that somebody was cut out as a matter of law here in Texas, who's to say that what that person moves to another state? And then Mm. that's not the law of that state. So there's the laws of each state. And it could be that if you had cut out somebody as a matter of law, they're cut out. So let's say um, that you named your spouse as your beneficiary, but you wanted them to be a beneficiary even after the divorce, and you never revised your will. Oh, well, then that's not, then they're cut out as a matter of law, and you wanted to do it. So you better do a new will if you had a will so that, uh, that you have things uh, go the way you want because you might not have realized that they're cut out as a matter of law. Right. By the way, also, like uh, with the power of attorney, they're cut out as a matter of, they're no longer could act as an agent, uh, as a, uh, as a matter of law, but who's to, if, if you're a bank, how do you know that somebody's divorced? Right. How do you know that somebody's right. divorced? So, um, if you're married, uh, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, and you're and you died, uh, you're even on the homestead. We've talked about if that spouse has a a life estate, a right to live in the home matter as a matter of law. I, I had a case on Friday morning of this past week where. Uh, the husband's wife had previously died. Now, this is kind of the opposite. Uh, the Where the husband's uh, wife had died, and he got remarried, and but he's never really done his will. And then on Monday morning, uh, he's going to be having a early uh, a surgery, uh, which he could die. And hmm. so the so the same idea is he said, oh, gee, I want my new wife to be getting the my assets. So uh, on Friday, what we did was we did some uh, immediate planning. He's in the hospital right now waiting for his surgery, and we're going to have a new will done uh, to accommodate his wishes. Otherwise, that spouse, uh, she might have a right. They bought a house together. Uh, She may, uh, since his old will went to his old wife, uh, he he would want things to go to his new wife now. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, so now, uh, like on the home that they bought together, uh, she would be partners with his children uh, if he didn't do a new will. Because under Texas law, uh, well, his, his existing will says his assets go to his children. And so uh, if his wife died, uh, which his wife, his first wife did. So anyway, just like a, just like a uh, divorce, when you remarry, uh, you have to reconsider things. And, uh, and so... 
doing looking at your will uh, should be revised because you probably didn't know that under Texas law that somebody is cut out as a matter of law, mm. uh, even if he didn't do any will, but you can't rely upon uh, that. You better do something about it besides the fact that he may have named her as an executor or maybe you want the beneficiaries to be different or maybe the law has changed. Mm. So, um, so anyway, so that, that's, and if you had a trust, you better put provisions in the trust that says what happens in a divorce. So a lot of times, um, I remember we did one trust and uh, the person, um, we had a different list of assets on. Um, here's the separate property. Here's the community property. And the husband had uh, a lot of uh, separate property. that, he, In other words, he had inherited a bunch of assets from his, his, his family. And so we had put things separate. So that in the event of divorce, it says it, it says that you know we were where we we had you know I get the separate property assets etc. and how things were divided. So we put things in the trust. But a lot of times people don't do that. And if you mm-hmm. don't, then you have then you better revise your trust uh, immediately uh, to avoid um, uh, the uh, some effects that you might not have otherwise wanted to have occur. Mm-hmm. Because remember. Um, uh, you may not want things to go to that. Most times, you don't want things to go to the ex-spouse. Um, besides that, again, uh, just like on the uh, who's the executor, you might not want that former spouse to be the trustee of the trust. Uh, it could be that you have, uh, or some other personal representative, whether it be the executor of the will or an agent or, or power of attorney, or maybe even who your investment advisors are, uh, sometimes people in their wills or trust have investment advisors or distribution directors or what they call trust protectors if the laws should change. You know, there was the, uh, on Britney Spears last, uh, this past week, there was a dispute between the uh, father and sister of Britney Spears to be in control of her assets. Britney Spears had a trust and uh, she had. Uh, Lost. She had had a breakdown. She couldn't handle her affairs, so she had a trust. And uh, there was allegations that the father had done some things that he shouldn't have done. And so this uh, Britney Spears sister regained gained control by going to court uh, on dealing with the uh, assets. A lot of times, you could you could avoid things by having a trust protector. So if a trust protector uh, is a could be a fiduciary who would have a duty to investigate and choose a new trustee if something had been done wrongdoing, if there was some wrongdoing. So your mm-hmm. trusted policies or protections can be changed at any time. And just like who do you want to have making uh, medical decisions for you or who do you want uh, as guardians of any minor children might be different than what your spouse wanted or something like that. So there could be fiduciary appointment provisions might be considered to be changed uh, as well as who's the beneficiary. Uh, under your will or trust. Okay, very good. Um, what else? Another thing would be sometimes you give spouses the ability to make changes um, in your documents. You know, mm-hmm. so you give the ability to make changes, uh, whether you even after uh, either even during life or even after uh, death, uh, after you die, where somebody can make changes to. Who your beneficiaries are. There's a thing called a power of appointment. So uh, you would want to review your powers of appointment if you have one 
to make sure that you don't have that spouse uh, to the former spouse that is to make changes to whatever your how you want things to go upon your oh, past. Right. And uh, another thing is life insurance. Uh, you know, it's not just um, you know a lot of times. Remember, we've talked about. I think on the show once I was talking to somebody, uh, and I was doing their new will or trust. I said, who is so-and-so? It was, oh, that was my wife. That was my first wife. I'm on my mm-hmm. third wife now. Why do you ask? I said, mm-hmm. well, you named her as a beneficiary of your life insurance policy. Of course, his, he had the deer in the headlights look as his jaw dropped to the floor. And, uh, but the, the good news is that, uh, at least under Texas law, and the laws are different from state to state, that if they find out that she's divorced, that they're divorced, then uh, that that person's cut out. But then it goes to the next name person, and um, that may or may not be what you want. And that's at least on life insurance. Now, it's different on retirement accounts, or it could be different, especially if it's what's called an ERISA account. Uh, so, But you better look at your life insurance policies, uh, because now you may want to... You know, people think about your will as... Or, or perhaps a trust as being uh, how things go. But remember, beneficiary designations trump a will or a trust. Beneficiary designations trump a will or a trust. Great. So uh, if I said uh, everything in my will said everything to uh, my wife, but my life insurance policy went to my children, my children would be the beneficiaries and get the life insurance policy notwithstanding my will. You need to look at those beneficiary designations. Uh, a lot of times you, you, people just don't think about that. No, you've been bringing up uh, beneficiary designations, and I just lock in the acronym BD so I don't forget that because, as you said, those are trump cards that people can have in their back pocket at all times to make sure that uh, certain assets are allocated to the right people the right way. And I'm thrilled about that. I'm thrilled that you brought all of this up because so many of us forget, including me, that there aren't just federal laws, there are very specific state laws. And, you know, as, um, as accommodating uh, and generous as the state of Texas is, for example, there's no state income tax in Texas, you still never know how um, amenable they're going to be to your situation, the state that is, when it comes to taxes, when it comes to state planning. And what um, could be very good for one person could be very bad for another. And that's why Michael studies this all of the time, every day of the week almost. I mean, he's just feverishly watching the laws, reading up, self-educating, and as current as any attorney in the state when it comes to estate planning. So as a result of all of that, you should attend his next virtual online workshop, which is September the 12th, which is the second Saturday of September at 10 o'clock in the morning, and it's an online workshop as opposed to an in-person one. And, Michael, tell them all about the workshops whether and how long you've been doing them and how long you've been doing these online virtual ones. Well, we've been doing the workshops since uh, December of 2012. 12, uh, popular, and, yeah, time flies mm-hmm. when you're having fun. Yeah, really. Uh, we didn't realize that, that they would be uh, so popular. We just tried it because the, at that time the estate tax law was – there was a lot of talk about whether the estate tax limit was going to be reduced uh-huh. to $1 million. And, of course, people, a lot of times people with retirement accounts or, or a home, 
uh, and life insurance that their estate might be more than a million dollars. So a lot of people would have been affected if, if it did go that way. Well, mm-hmm. it didn't end up going that way. And, uh, and of course, right now, the estate tax limit uh, is $11,580,000. Well, anyway, we started doing it then, saying, look, just don't stop your planning uh, just because the law could change. Let's talk about what your options are. And because laws could change, but they could change again. You know, that's one thing, too, I think I probably should tell you. Even if you did, you might say, well, I did my will 20 years ago, but guess what? Laws have changed. Uh, relationships may have changed. Health may have changed. And then, you know what? 20 years from now, laws will change. will be different from anything that right. we might have thought about today. You know, I, as you and I have talked, uh, we expect with you know, all that we're doing out because of COVID-19, there's got to be changes, whether it's going to be on capital gains tax, whether it's going to be on state tax, whether it's going to be Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Something's going to change. Something's got to give, if not all things uh, are going to give. So just be prepared. So even though you do you do the best you can uh, in planning, but just realize that your planning probably should change. If somebody who has something that's old really needs to, to update things because – uh, so much has changed. Just think about, if nothing else, about the world we live in. You just mentioned the virtual workshop. Uh, well, who would have thought about virtual workshops, um, which we just started doing in March? Mm-hmm. We didn't do any. We did them all live before then. Who, who would have thought at the beginning of the year that uh, there would be a pandemic? I might not even know what the word pandemic was before right. the beginning of the year, much less COVID-19. Right. Uh, so... So, uh, you know, so we started doing the workshops in, uh, we started doing them initially back in 2012, and we've been doing them ever since. And we, um, uh, and now we started doing them virtually. We, we hopefully, when the pandemic subsides, and hopefully it is getting closer to that, uh, but we'll probably have them uh, again live uh, and maybe have the option of doing virtual. But right now we're still doing them virtually. We'll make it very simple. All you have to do is uh, click on a link, and we give you instructions on how to do that. So don't worry about it. We make it so simple that it's uh, every anybody could do it. So uh, you know, people nowadays uh, uh, use uh, uh, all sorts of different things that they may not have ever thought about. They never heard the term Zoom before. Right. They have never used you know, FaceTime. Uh, they may have all sorts of different things that uh, we didn't think about. Maybe. Uh, at the beginning of the year that's now become part of a new norm. But anyway, we do these workshops, uh, like you said, the next one is on September the 12th, and we ask people what they want to know. What do you want to know about state planning or Medicaid or veterans benefits or probate or wills, trust, whatever it may be that you have Mm -hmm. questions about? And we just answer those people's questions. Each workshop is different because we don't know what the questions that that people were going to ask about. Right. to, to go to the next free estate planning essentials workshop, which is on September 12th, as you mentioned, at 10 o'clock, uh, which is a Saturday, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And... You'll see it's free. And if you do go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, we give you one more bonus. We even give you the ability to look at your individual situation 
also without charge with what we call a free vision meeting. But only if you go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, and because this way you get some education, it's an educational process. Uh, and again, all you have to do is call that 214-720-0102 number or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. Excellent. With about six minutes left, Michael, what are the remaining issues regarding uh, post-divorce estate planning? Well, I think the, you know, retirement accounts are also different. And the, the uh, now usually under Texas law, you have to name your spouse as your beneficiary unless they consent. So uh, we had somebody, uh, it was a second marriage, and uh, there was nobody mentioned as a beneficiary of their, uh, they didn't have a beneficiary designation. And uh, so it goes to the spouse, notwithstanding what the will might say. So it goes, So a beneficiary designation is important. Um, if you have an IRA and you still name the former spouse, then again, they, in, in, under Texas law, where she might move to a different state, so this is the same issue, under Texas law, it's as if that person had predeceased you. However, it's different if it's in a, what's called an ERISA account, like a 401k. Uh, because it's based on federal, not state law. And Mm. as a result, whoever you named, if you didn't change that beneficiary, they get it, generally. Now, there was a case, I think it was in uh, Minnesota, where this guy had named somebody, and then he had tried to call several times, and I believe in that case they allowed it to go. But generally, there was a Supreme Court case that says whatever whatever you say, because it's based on federal law, whoever you've named, it's it. So if you didn't change it after the divorce, too bad, so sad. The employer uh, has the ability just to pay the ex-spouse. Even though, in that case, by the way, there was a divorce decree that said, I give up, waive all my rights. (laughs) And yet she still might go and be a beneficiary. Okay, so so just by having... Uh, you just better be careful because the court, there was another case in California which said the opposite, that they had tried to call and stuff like that, so they allowed it to go to the children in this case as opposed to the spouse. But uh, but the reality is the simple thing is to do something about it, to, to change the beneficiary. It's not like you have to have a, an attorney to change a beneficiary. You just contact the uh, whoever holds the plant and say you want to change the beneficiary, get it fill out a form. But so often people forget. They think, well, that we got divorced. They said, this is mine and this is yours, but they don't take the extra step. And what happens if they change, you know, like we said, too, it also depends upon state law. So on the ERISA, on the federal law, uh, you better make, if you have a, you have a 401K or something like that, uh, it's based on federal law, so you better make that change. Uh, notwithstanding state law uh, on retirement account beneficiaries. So that's real important. Uh, most people probably are not aware of that. And um, uh, so that's something that you should uh, consider before you, uh, when after a divorce, that uh, uh, that should be, all, should be realized. Uh, you also should consider things like if you have a home and when you could sell the home and if there's a transfer of property, how it's considered, you know, usually if it's done within a year, there's some tax issues. Uh, 
usually if you transfer assets, it's like you get the what they call the basis of the donor. So if I transferred some stock that I had bought to my spouse or to the ex-spouse, they would take, if they were to sell that property a later date, uh, they get whatever I bought it for, and the capital gains tax would be on the appreciation. Uh, now, if it's a homestead uh, and you transferred the interest, then, you know, you could get, if you're single, you get up to $250,000 gain on the appreciation if you've lived there two out of the last five years. Mm-hmm. Now, also, there's some other things that I'm going to mention is uh, one of the things from a KAAM listener, uh, but they said, I have that, I have that home uh, from my divorce from 30-some-odd years ago. Hmm. And I said, okay, show me the divorce decree. And then I looked at the divorce decree, and it's, that's not what it said. They hmm. didn't really comply with the com- conditions of the divorce. It said they're supposed to sell the home and then split the proceeds. So he's the, the uh, one spouse has been living there. That the wife has been married three times now. And who he hadn't talked to in 30 years. I said, well, you didn't comply <clears throat> with the divorce decree. And now, uh, unless you can get this straightened out, and he's ill, unless you can get this straightened out before you die, nobody will ever be able to sell that home of yours. Because now <clears throat> your, um, uh, your children are partners with your ex-spouse because it was never taken care of. The ex-spouse is going to have some rights. And, now, and if she dies, you're going to have to deal with her children. Your children are going to be partners with her children. So you have to look at the divorce decree, too, and see what the terms say, because otherwise you could be, uh, you know, be held in contempt for filing to file, follow the terms of the uh, divorce decree. Uh, so a lot of times you, as the attorney, uh, when you do your planning, we do have to look at the divorce decree to determine what you could do or not do. Right. Yeah, so there's lots of different issues on these things. It probably should also take stock of what you have, and maybe things are done differently. Whatever assets you might have, you might want to take uh, stock as to what those are and make sure things are the way that you want them to do. Maybe keep things as, say, this is my separate property and have a kind of a laundry list of what you have and what you don't have. Obviously, it's usually a lot less after a divorce. That is the truth, Michael, and um, those are seven estate planning mistakes people should try to avoid when um, they're going through a painful divorce, which is redundant. All divorces are painful, but there are many more, I'm sure. And that's all the more reason to attend Michael's next workshop, which is Saturday, September the 12th at 10 o'clock. In order to sign up for that, dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to Dallas Elder, E-L-D-E-R, lawyer.com, Dallas Elder Lawyer. Our Dallas elder lawyer, Michael Cohen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. 
a talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 